politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard the liberties of every other country except for our own. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house today, Friday at Blaze Media. And that is our job to make sure we are actually fighting for our own people. So today we're going to tie together basically everything that's going on the Ukraine media orgy together with the vax injury which is insane latest news on covid fascism we'll try to get in some border stuff Uh, next week i'm going to have on a border rancher to discuss the war at our own border that they refuse to talk about and you look at everything going on we're going to have a special guest to give a unique uh, perspective from a wall street investor perspective on what is going on with pharma, fascism, where is Pfizer headed, are they about to fail, is this going to come out? But I think a lot of us feel putting everything together, kind of the way King David did in Psalm 142. When my spirit enwraps itself upon me, and you know my path, and whichever way I go, they have hidden a snare for me. It's like everywhere you go, You know, the more we think we can improve, the more Republicans screw us. Looking to the right, think about that, the right. I see that no one recognizes me. Escape is lost from me. No one seeks my soul. I cried cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my lot in the land of the living. Hearken to my cry, for I have become very low. Save me from my pursuers, for they are stronger than me, and they certainly are. And this is going to take an act of God to rectify our lives, much less our country, if we even get back some version of it. But we have to pursue justice. We have to speak the truth. And that's all we can do, and that's all we're going to continue doing for now. Um, One of the ways to do that, to get together and get like-minded people locally, to create these local cells, is to join the Constitution Coach Program from Patriot Academy. If you go to patriotacademy.com, my buddy Rick Green there produces materials for Constitution classes. You could study what our government ought to be like, what it was, but what it is no longer, and then that could inspire you to act. Okay, You don't have to know anything about history of the Constitution yourself. You could download it um, all, all by yourself, call a bunch of friends in, and that's how you start meeting whoever is there. And they could hook you up with people in your area. So go to patriotacademy.com to help restore some modicum of our republic. So, folks, I was thinking, we, we are told that we are just half the humanity of a Ukrainian. We could only aspire to think about the greatness of Ukraine. So can we at least learn from Ukraine And their skepticism of the shots. That's the irony. They didn't get the shots. Most of them didn't there. Maybe we could learn from them. So yesterday, the White House issued a request to Congress. $10 billion emergency supplemental for Ukraine. Could you wrap your arms around what $10 billion to Zelensky, to that corrupt regime which took down Trump's presidency, which is the playground for all Western mischief. So much garbage goes on there. And then another $22.5 billion f- 
for Pfizer. More COVID funding. Unbelievable. And Republicans' only problem is Ukraine. Some of them want more money. And then with the, the Pfizer funding, they want like a little bit of oversight. No strings attached. This is their leverage. You heard Congressman Massey yesterday about the power of the purse. Republicans easily have the ability to um, block them. You only need 41 seats to, to filibuster. If anything, actually, Republicans technically have the majority because uh, one of their member, Democrat members is out. Makes you wonder if he was vaccine injured. That's a whole nother story. But of course, next week, next week is when it all goes down. That's the omnibus. That's when you're going to fund every immoral, illogical policy on the border, energy policy, social policy, certainly COVID, foreign policy, military, everything that is wrong, Republicans are going to fund next week. So definitely call your Republican member of Congress and demand that they put in provisions to block all of this stuff. I have a list yesterday of 10 unfinished Battles, you could find always find my articles at The Blaze, 10 unfinished COVID fascism battles um, that we need to to fight. Now, so I, I want to get to some of the, and I don't want to get too sidetracked on Ukraine. I just want you to understand it's the same dynamic. Emotionally indulge an issue on social media. Make it the most important thing. Heroes, villains, make it that you're Hitler if you don't support them. And you're the best person if you virtue signal. Shame people into uh, going along. Cancel culture. It has all of the elements that we saw with COVID, with BLM, with January 6th. Fox News' Sean Hannity is calling for NATO to launch an airstrike on Russian convoys. He says member states should deny it so Putin wouldn't know who to retaliate against. Folks... What's very interesting is, if you notice, there's never been a time where there, when the entire world indulged a country but did nothing about it. Why? Because the battle is not there, it is here. And they know it. What they're trying to do is use Ukraine to cut off oil supplies from Russia, but not concurrently increase our supplies and make us sacrifice for the better good. This is how they're going to implement the Green Deal. I'm going to have a column on it today. We'll elaborate on this more next week if we have time. Um, this is what I think the play is. Certainly, they're trying to distract from COVID fascism and Pfizer and everything that they're doing with that, and they're continuing to do. Certainly, they're covering up all of their dirty laundry that they have in Ukraine through the Zelensky government, which is why they made him such a hero. But I do believe there's a broader play that affects our lives even more than just throwing $10 billion at them and more weapons. And again, if you're going to come back at me with the Ukrainian people, what, what is happening now is maximizing the pain to those people. Because they're not, if, you wanna, if you're so united, then, then go after Russia. But they're not. They're just emoting. They're egging him on. So all that's going to do is get more of them killed and bring more pain. Dump $10 billion in there, more weapons. It's just going to prolong it. Russia's not going to back down. If you, don't, if you don't actually assemble a coalition and get in there, they're not going to back down. I'm not saying I want to do that. I'm just saying if they believe they need to do that, why aren't they doing it? So if you're not going to give in to their demands, then you're just going to get more people killed. There is no other option there. 
But what we need here is $10 billion. What if we spent that $10 billion on reparations for our ranchers for what they're going through because of the invasion? What about if we sent that money to people that were injured by the shots as reparations? Our government owes it to them. So we're going to have a special guest on to quantify some of the news that we missed with all the distractions on where we're holding with the vaccines. But did you know that in the last few weeks, 90% of all COVID deaths in the, in, in the UK were from vaccinated people? And it's probably even more because of the way they account it, as we talked about before. The US, as we now know from the New York Times, they don't publish data because they don't want you to know that it's probably the same thing. I don't think we could understand the magnitude of that scandal, what they've done to us, how they've poisoned the bodies of the majority of people. There's another thing they're now doing. So a big part of the funding is, so now that they funded the shots and they're, they're going to continue to fund them, but now it's on to the next phase. They're funding Paxlovid and Molnupiravir, the other the, the therapeutic poisons. Do you know that Biden is now using my policy? I was the one who came up with the term uh, test and treat instead of test and trace. So he actually put out they're going to do test and treat. They want to have at the pharmacies you could test and immediately get Paxlovid and Molnupiravir. So they, everything's upside down. Man is woman, woman is man, criminal is victim, citizen is alien, alien is citizen, right is wrong, wrong is right. And now the pharmacist is the doctor and the doctor's a, a, a drug cartel. So a doctor can't prescribe one of the safest drugs around that would save so many people, but now a pharmacist without a doctor's prescription could administer a novel drug that was only approved emergency. It is to- the Merck drug is toxic as anything. The, the Pfizer drug at a minimum, none of this stuff works, by the way, but at a minimum is contraindicated with most of the conditions that the most vulnerable people who need treatment would have and you're bypassing a doctor, yet when you have a doctor prescribing a safe drug that's contraindicated with almost nothing, then the pharmacist could block it. That's how backwards our country is. And the broader point is, when it relates to foreign affairs, the West has lost all of its moral and strategic authority. So we can no longer game out foreign policy the way we used to. Oh, you know, our governments versus theirs. When you have governments engaging in human rights violations, they've lost all moral authority. So that's why I don't want to hear about foreign policy anyway. But I will tell you, Ukraine unfortunately does matter, but not in the way you think it does. They're going to use that, I'm telling you, to implement the Green New Deal. They're going to bring a lot of pain to people. They're going to say you can't drive anymore. Otherwise, it it gives oil to Russia. There's also... A rumor is swirling around next week has to renew the Iran deal that Biden might cut a deal with Iran and buy their oil. He's already going after India, sanctioning, wants to sanction India now because they're tied into Russia somehow. So you kiss up to Iran and China, but then go after India. Everything is completely backwards. Now, sometimes the news is so distressing. You know, all of us are going to be disabled one day from all this screen time shut it off but don't shut off this this program <laughs> way to do that just sit back and listen to 
CR podcast and your favorite shows or music with Raycon wireless earbuds. Um, whether you're exercising, just chilling, Raycon wireless earbuds provides you with the really the best audio quality with the best brand name for a very affordable price. They're everyday earbuds. They look good, they feel good, and they sound much better than ever. And they're really the only thing that fits my ears. Everything else kind of pops out. They, they fit really well. Um, they offer eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life. And again, you get the quality audio at half the price of other premium uh, audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 48,000 five-star reviews. Right now, CR Podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash conservative. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash conservative for 15% off buyraycon.com slash conservative. I want to share a story with you that to me is really, really important here and demonstrates what's been going on. All social norms, all legal norms, all healthcare, everything, while we regulate oil, gas, and coal into its, its death, stuff that goes on and in our bodies, it's just, it's all good. It's all good. There's an article out in Nature, and thank you, Aaron, one of our listeners, for sending this to me. Titanium dioxide particles frequently present pre- present in face masks intended for general use require regulatory control. Although titanium dioxide is a suspected human carcinogen when inhaled, fiber-grade uh, titanium dioxide particles were demonstrated in synthetic textile fibers of face masks intended for the general public. Now, titanium dioxide, my understanding is it's used in paints. So I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on here. If um, China has some sort of paint factory nearby and it somehow gets on the masks. But they found, they found it on these everyday masks that we're using. The estimated um, titanium dioxide mass at the fiber surface, meaning on the mask, ranged from 17 to 4,000. 394 nanometers and systematically exceeded the acceptable exposure level to titanium dioxide by inhalation determined based on a scenario where face masks are worn intensively. Then, So th- think about that. Remember how Dr. Henson, he's an ear, nose, throat doctor, and he had concerns about cancer, about excessive mask use. Now, it's going to be hard to tell because we're going to have it from the vaccine, so who knows? Um, and, and, and look at this. Now, how do you get something like this published in Nature? So this is what they say. They, they conclude like this in the abstract. The importance of wearing face masks against COVID-19 is unquestionable. Imagine... Your study is on has nothing to do with efficacy. It's on it's on this one issue of a potential toxin on it, and you just throw that in unquestionable. When have you ever been allowed to put that in academic literature, especially when there's no such literature saying that? Even so, these results urge for an in-depth research of nanotechnology applications in textiles to avoid possible future consequences caused by a poorly regulated use and to implement regulatory standards. Okay, but this is what it is. 
Everyone gets vaccines. It's all good. Whatever the vials, just produce whatever you want. Everyone needs to wear a mask. We have all these Chinese companies just boom, 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 mask producing. It's all good. This is, this is not supposition. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is reality. We already know in Ohio there was a whole, um, almost a recall put out by hospitals. Not a recall technically, but, but warning people of the toxins on the swabs for the PCR testing. This is unbelievable. And then folks were finding out more stuff from the FOIA documents. There's now, we, we have the Japanese animal biodistribution study we've been talking about a lot. Now we have a Canadian biodistribution study that goes through the animal toxicology. And they talk about the lipid nanoparticles depositing not just in the ovaries, in the liver, in the bone marrow, adrenal glands. Furthermore, uh, Brooke, Brooke Jackson, our, our uh, whistleblower who worked at Ventavia, which is one of the biggest uh, you know, phase three human trial contractors for Big Pharma, they're working on new RSV vaccines with the same fraud, same type of fraud. Our government just gave a certain degree of approval to an RSV vaccine for pregnant women. RSV, as you well know, is the historically the worst candidate, the worst candidate for a vaccine it's known to create original antigenic sin, ADE, and at a minimum, it's going to create more resistant mutants and strains and proliferate it even more. That's how dangerous this stuff is. One after another, we have problems with these shots. Yet we can't get a single Republican anywhere to make a big deal out of this. We cannot, I, I, I promise you this, I will not be distracted and I will not rest from the quest for truth, exposure, exposing this, and justice. Now, obviously, you know, we do have to move on to other issues. We're going to talk about the border next week. I do want to get to some of the election fraud. 20 counties in Wisconsin are asking to decertify the Wisconsin uh, Electoral College. This is insane stuff, what is going on. And by the way, the only reason I didn't cover so much over the last year the election fraud is not because I don't believe it happened. It's because, ironically, that was the least concerning thing they did to us. Again, stealing an election is, is, is not a big deal relative to genocide. Meaning, if, if you're going to abide by constitutional rights, albeit you, you'll have a little bit of corruption, a little bit of pay-for-play, that's what you use your office for. Okay, so you stole an election so you can do some pay-for-play. But if you... but. It's not the stolen election that's the problem. It's what they do. It's, it's the stolen constitution. You see what I'm saying? If, if you have the constitution abided by, but a stolen election, so okay, the, the impact of that stolen election, the consequences aren't so grave. But here it doesn't matter if they win elections anyway, because the ultimate election fraud is the Republican Party. People vote for them. This year, you're going to have mass fraud where everyone is turning desperately to the Republican Party. You know, I feel so bad. All these Hispanic voters in the Texas border counties, they were all very Democrat. They're all in mass voting Republican now because they're so desperate to deal with the border crisis. I feel bad for them because nothing's going to change. The Republicans are on the same side. So there's a ton of news going on. 
And that's what we're going to have our guest on. But I do, I do want you guys to know what is occurring with the Ukraine business is the same thing. Putin is the virus. Zelensky is the Fauci. Um, social distancing from Russia. Boycotting Russia is the new um, is the new hotness. That's the new mask. Drilling and oil production, and, and you know, gas, coal, nuclear pipelines. That is the ivermectin hydroxychloroquine, and that's what they're going to cut off. And they're going to say, just like the false choice, it's either the ventilator, this, the shot, or you die. So it's going to be the same thing. You either help Putin. You face the pain of the price, or you go for our green energy. And I guarantee you all the companies are lined up. That's going to be the new Pfizer. That's how they're going to remake our economy. If they already haven't remade it. And by the way, I, I do want to share one more thing um, before we we have our guest on. Just about the the... the the crimes against culture. So they always prided themselves in the West on being very pluralistic, almost to a fault, like indulging people and, you know, indulging bad guys. And we don't like being mean to people. We have now reached a point with BLM, January 6th, COVID, and now Ukraine. It's catalyzed this new thing where they have gone to pre-enlightenment levels of, of viciousness, of human rights violations. Um, like we're seeing cutting off organ transplants to people if you don't do what we tell you cover your face as a two-year-old for for seven hours a day just just inhumane stuff they didn't even do pre-enlightenment so now they're doing it with russia okay dr paul alexander he's an epidemiologist he has a great Substack i follow um but he writes on this issue the cancel culture has reared its head and it did not take long he quotes this um I can't pronounce it. It's other guy, uh, Substack, E-U-G-Y-P-P-I-U-S, has a Substack where he translated a news story from German. Irina Iodina runs a company called Medical Munich, a kind of medical tourism bureau that helps Russian nationals travel to Munich to receive treatment in hospitals here. Recently, she received an email from Dr. Utrud Steinlein, director of the Ludwig Maximilian, Maximilian's Universitat clinic for human genetics announcing that her facility would no longer treat russian nationals uh, she said due to the serious violation of international law by the autocrat putin who is obviously mentally disturbed we are refusing in principle to treat russian patients with immediate effect you know ukrainian patients remain of course very welcome and again most russians oppose the war they don't want it this this is this is what they do now it's not about the Ukrainian people. It's not about being outraged by moral wrongs because they certainly have no moral compass, these people. I am telling you there is a greater agenda, maybe multiple agendas, but certainly the, the Green New Deal causing pain to everyone and forcing them into that as a false dichotomy, just like they did with COVID, false dichotomy. They create the problem, they exacerbate the problem, they cut off the solution to the problem that Shouldn't have been there, but now that they created, you need that solution. And then they're there to force upon you their solution. This is the new playbook. We are onto it. They're going to keep doing this on multiple geopolitical issues you can never even imagine. 
And yet Republicans and conservatives, even Freedom Caucus types, even conservative colleagues of mine, talk radio hosts, they fall right into it as if they've learned nothing from the last two years. But we want to learn what's going on last two years. We want to quantify what's going on. So I want to welcome our guest. Uh, the guest segment is sponsored by MyGoToDoc.com. Dr. Saeed Haider, he has treated thousands of patients um, with an amazing degree of success with an ivermectin-based protocol. Um, he has a seamless way of getting you ivermectin and some other off-label meds um, and, and, and finding pharmacies for you to get it filled. Go to my MyGoToDoc.com and not only... Uh, sign up for uh, his ivermectin, but if you if you register, you could for free ask questions forever. Because again, it's not just about taking a drug; it's about having the right doctor to understand the symptoms, um, and they will connect you to pharmacies that ship you a full twenty eight doses of ivermectin for less than anywhere else on- online. It's your go to source for COVID nineteen. Mygotodoc.com. That's mygotodoc.com. So obviously, over the past two years, we've covered the COVID issue really from every angle. We've certainly covered it from the medical angle, the scientific angle, uh, the legal angle, hospital, outpatient, proper treatment, improper treatment, um, all all avenues of this. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different, but it ties back in. And this is a new angle. You might have heard of this name uh, on some of the newer media shows, Ed Dowd, he's a longtime Wall Street investment manager. And you think, well, what what does he have to do with COVID? Well, recently, he's been presenting his investment views on pharma fraud from a Wall Street angle. Um, He's spent most of his career spanning both credit markets, equity markets. Uh, He's worked at big firms like HSBC, Independence Investments, most notably at BlackRock as a portfolio manager. He managed $14 billion uh, growth equity portfolio for 10 years. Currently, he's a consultant at Symphonic Capital, and he's lived through it all. So he has a big perspective over the last 20 years financially. And we're going to get a sense of what is the financial data actuarial take on where the vaccines are holding. Because you listen to the news, and you would never even know we've had pretty much the largest mass experiment on humanity of all kind. You wouldn't know it. It's all about one random, you know, Eastern European country. Nothing else matters, but we are going to make this happen. We're going to make this matter. We're not going to let this issue go away. Ed Dowd, thanks so much for joining us today. And I know it's really early for you there where you are. Thanks, Daniel. I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk to you today and just uh, prevent, uh, present my investment thesis as to what I, I see going on in the COVID pharma stocks. So I want to, before I get to kind of the data, you're the one that's really pushing a lot of the life insurance data, the actuarial, uh, you know, all-cause mortality stuff. I want to get to that. But first, just a general framing, something that I'm really troubled by. In the past, I always viewed, and I think you know, at the beginning of my life, the business community, the investor class as a bulwark against volatile change, against radical destabilizing ideas. They were kind of uh, somewhat the conservative 
uh, vanguard. And I don't mean necessarily the way we use the term politically, but more, you know, conserving against radical changes, radical ideas that are illogical. Um, typically, if a company is doing well, if a product makes sense, they'd get behind it. If the product is not doing so well, it would be reflected in reality. But in recent years, this generation, but really accelerating recently, we're watching a phenomenon where big business is just diving headfirst into the most insane woke ideas that liberals of yesteryear would never have adopted. They're they're just they just don't make any sense. They're completely destructive. You look at things like our COVID response, um, and Wall Street seems to be embracing, and they have until now at least embraced these companies that have shown no result. I mean, our death rate is horrendous. Our, our our death rate has not gone down since the beginning of the pandemic. In fact, even to this day, when everyone thinks it's over, there's still a lot of people dying. Um, no successful treatments. 90% of all deaths in the UK were from the vaccine. How did that happen? And why do you think it's changing from an investment standpoint? So... Um, what's interesting is when this whole COVID thing went down, there was panic. Uh, Wall Street sold everything. And then the Fed came in and uh, under the uh, cover of COVID printed 65%, uh, 65% increase in the money supply. And then the party began again. And uh, obviously there was uh, this theme on Wall Street and in the media. And you got to remember a lot of people on Wall Street um, – are generally uh, trend followers, and, 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 and they're part of the herd. The people on the margin, the, 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 the contrarians, um, don't drive the market until there's an inflection point. And so everybody bought into, we can't reopen the economy until there's a vaccine. So, you know, Moderna took off, started trending. Pfizer took off, started trending. And um, the thing you have to understand is um, – uh, there's been a, a change in the marketplace since 2000. Uh, a shift in who used to control the money has shifted from fundamental investors, active managers, to passive investments, index funds, and ETFs. So what I used to do, I used to when I was in the business, um, you know, me, myself and other cohort, cohorts who used to analyze companies and trade with each other with different, you know, bets against. You know, there were, there, it was a market. I had a bullish thesis. Someone had a bearish thesis. Well, those of us who used to do that are only 15% of the current daily volume. We used to be 90%. So a lot of money is trend following. And so it kind of took on a life of its own. And, you know, the, 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 the illusion that this was the way to go was reflected in the stocks. And so everybody got on board and thought the vaccine was the answer. Um, myself, uh, having, you know, being a lifelong skeptic and seeing many frauds when I, I didn't take the vaccine and I still haven't taken it. And, and I had two overarching reasons before I knew what I know now, which is horrendous. We can get into that. But my, my, the only two things I knew was warp speed. Anything sounds like a disaster. Um, corners will be cut. Things will be rushed and safety protocols will be ignored. Uh, That's turned out to be true. Um, and I also knew that uh, from my, you know, lifelong 
presence on Wall Street that normal vaccines take seven to 10 years for safety data to be vetted before they're released upon the public. Uh, so with those, those two things, I said, I'll wait. And early on in April, uh, May, June of 2021, the anecdotes started coming in. And being a math guy, I knew that I shouldn't be hearing anecdotes. And the, and the data just kept rolling in. Studies came out. And I knew that this vaccine was a disaster without having to um, know what I know now. So we can get into what I know now. And uh, the good news is all the, the um, pharma stocks uh, are rolling over because, you know, it's, it's not due to me. Other smart people figured this out. And, uh, you know, Wall Street's starting to smell fraud. And as Wall Street tends to do, they rode them up and they'll ride them down. So that's but, where we are right but now. But let me ask you, does that even matter anymore? In other words, for example, we were just talking about earlier that the White House is requesting another $22.5 billion, and a good amount of that is going to go directly or indirectly to, to Pfizer and, and similar companies. It's more for the vaccines. Now they're going to pump up Paxlovid and Molnupiravir, which are just astounding. I mean, especially Molnupiravir, um, you know, they're taking their roadshow onto the therapeutics now. If government could just come in and and, and literally <clears throat> serve as the, the 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 approver, but then the marketer, the even short of a full mandate, it's de facto a mandate, meaning just you almost have no informed consent anymore. You don't. It's just it's shoved at people everywhere. There's no natural product or service that's ever been like that. This is the most I mean, it's so embedded in every facet of culture as if it's the greatest thing you can do for humankind. Um, and they have an unlimited pipeline of not just direct government money, but the government marketing and coercion and enabling and distribution. Will will that ever stop it? W w could Wall Street ever put the brakes on it? That's my question. Well, Wall Street... Um my goal has been to alert Wall Street to, as to what's going on. I think uh, word of mouth and alternative media is getting the message out. Uh, the mainstream media, in, in my opinion, is dead. And, and, and I'm a, I, I like to get ahead of the, the, the herd. And I, I, I think mainstream media is dead. The trust is lost. Um, people like yourself are blowing up and getting more share. And what's going on with the insurance data and the funeral home data and the injury, the massive amounts of injuries, they can't contain it anymore. So this government money they're throwing at the marketing is being undermined by real world experiences. And it's, it's, you, they can't hide the, I hate to say this, but they can't hide the bodies anymore. And this thing is going to break wide open and wall street. A lot of people on wall street still believe this. I mean, the short interest on these stocks isn't that high. What's going on is people are, starting to sell them slowly and starting to get nervous because something's not right. And more and more people on wall street are starting to listen to me. I'm, I'm getting anecdotes that my videos are flying around. People are starting to talk about my investment thesis and say that I might be onto something. And you got to remember a lot of these wall street people were forced to take the jabs and if it dawns on them, they've been poisoned. And unfortunately a lot of them have been, um, they're going to be very angry. And so this, you know, in a very, uh, sad way, Wall Street uh, will eventually um, sell these stocks, and it'll become uh, undeniable for the financial press to ignore that. And that's my goal is to 
breaking into the mainstream media via Wall Street and Wall Street rebelling against this. And they are and they will. And, and I have no doubt that they will. And it's not because um, they reluctantly will be dragged along because a lot of them had to take the poison. So now you're you're a math person and you have a lot of ties into people that are familiar with the type of data, quality data that you would need um, to analyze things. Like I've, I've we, we've talked about this two years ago when we had the lockdown data and, you know, everyone wanted to hear from a scientist. But J.P. Morgan was putting out papers and I said, look, watch that because that's going to be more accurate. So. Take a, take us through the latest news we know quantifying. We still can't even imagine, and it's always it's growing greater and greater, the short-term and long-term problems that we see. But typically, you know, a few dozen people die from something, you pull it from the market, much less certainly don't encourage it and mandate it. I know um, the norovirus uh, uh, vaccine, the original one that was um, put out about 20 years ago, there were a few dozen cases of GI sort of issues for children, and that thing was gone. That thing was gone. Um, okay, you say a pandemic, maybe they'll allow for a little bit more leeway. But this is like, I still can't wrap my arms around the extent of the damage. I know a lot of people, we all do, that had issues, people who died, blood clotting. Could you go through a synopsis, take as much time as you need, of all the data and what it's coalescing around, what sort of figures, injuries, enormity of, of adverse events is it coalescing around? So let, let's, let's talk about the latest data out of Germany, and then I can talk about what I discovered in the uh, first and second week of February from the insurance companies and the, and the funeral home companies. Let's start with Germany. Um, a uh, board member of a German insurer, BKK, came out, and uh, released some data, internal data, where he said, I'm doing this because it's the ethical thing to do. And he said that in Germany, which has a population of 83 million people, um, he said, given their, uh, what they were experiencing in their claims, that the uh, just injuries, we're not talking deaths, injuries from the vaccine were being underreported by the German government by 10 to 1, 10 to 1. And then he uh, you know, did a math calculation, which was very reasonable, given his 11 million um, people enrolled in their programs and the uh, amount of um, uh, injuries they reported. It was they 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 could um, uh, calculate that two and a half to three million Germans were likely injured uh, by the vaccine, a serious injury that had to you know produce a claim, real money, not you know, not not doctors not reporting it that's probably what was going on and then the government massaged the data but that's two and a half to three million people that's 3.6 percent of the german population that's one in 25 people now you and i know that no drug would ever get approval with that kind of profile so this is this is this is horrendous with just that so what i so 3.6 percent okay and america is obviously a lot bigger so um, that that you're talking about probably like 12 million or so doctors' visits. If you would extrapolate that for the United States, 12 mil- million. Correct. We know we have 24,000 well, or so VAERS deaths, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So assuming the vaccination, I assume the vaccination rate is 60. percent I'm about to tell you the global injury. So I put out a tweet uh, a couple days ago 
saying that if we assume 60% of the, the globe was vaccinated, um, then that's 151 million people uh, uh, worldwide that have been injured. And then in the U.S., that's 12 million. Correct. So it, this is a disaster. And I just this want to is, stop you right there before you get your data, go into more data. We're talking about mainly exclusively short term. So typically, if you have a vaccine that wasn't studied long term and, it, you know, it kind of sails through short term, you don't really see unusual problems. Yeah, you know, presumably long term, it's OK. But once you see this enormity of short term damage, right, and you know the right. mechanism of action is dangerous, it's all kind of melding together. We're understanding that, you know, what the spike does, the lipid nanoparticles, the, the, the toxins, the, the hematological disorders, the neurological disorders, the cardio oh my gosh, what does that portend long-term um, for these people? Right. The long-term, we don't even know the long-term. We don't know the damage that's been done to the systems of the human body. Um, but we do know that uh, that people across the globe, likely 151 million people, that's probably a good estimate, had to go and, and, and see a doctor about what happened to them. And this is not a fever this is not flu-like symptoms. This is had to go to the doctor. Yeah, the flu-like um, symptoms Israeli data showed with the boosters that could have been about a third of the people. Um, you know, downright. You know, it's, that's very common. But but you're, we're talking about where you know vertigo that won't go away, chest pains, things like that. that you would go to the doctor for. Correct. Correct. Something where they were alarmed enough to go see a doctor. And uh, this is this is so the, right there. Uh, smoking gun. Now, the, the board member who um, uh, blew the whistle on this uh, was fired this week, I think Monday. <laughs> um, for He was rewarded. I think probably what happened was the German government uh, uh, put pressure on the insurer via the regulatory, you know, insurer, insurers have regulators. And so the regulate, regulate, regulatory body came in and probably whispered something. And uh, that was that. And he was gone. Did they have a response? No, I've not seen one yet. I'm still looking for one. Um, the bottom line is, though, the cat's out of the bag here. I mean, that's, they, can't, they can't put that back in the bottle. Um, and also, we have, our, you know, we have uh, U.S. insurance data, which is horrendous in and of itself. And it all started with One America in, on January 2nd when um, Bill, Davidson, uh, uh, Bill Davison, I believe that's his name. I, I know his last name is Elise Davison. He's the CEO. He went on a Chamber of Commerce um, town hall in Indiana, and he made some comments that I don't think he knew would blow up. Um, and he still didn't think the vaccine was the cause. He, he thought it was COVID, although he did say that non-COVID deaths increased uh, 40% in the second half of 2021. 40% to put some meat on those bones. He said, this is his quote, a 10% increase would be a three standard standard deviation event, which in math land is unheard of in actuarial land. I mean, uh, you can understand death rates are pretty steady. There was an increase in 2020, obviously, from the pandemic. But to see that go continue at an even higher rate in 2021, um, should set off alarm yep. bells. And, and and he said, and then he went on to say, a 40% increase is a once in 200 year flood. And he called out uh, a death in younger aged folks. And um, that was confirmed in other um, data from other insurance companies where they also said they saw an increase in young people dying at a faster rate than old people. And 
you know, the the fact checkers will say, well, that, you know, it's suicides and fentanyl overdoses and people depressed. Well, actually, no, these are people with jobs because these are group life policies, which, you know, are for like medium sized to large sized corporations where when you, you know, you know, you you enter the workforce at one of these companies at say age 25, you on you do the onboarding process, you get uh, medical, dental, and a and a and a uh, life mm. benefit, which no one ever assumes that they'll ever get. It's a freebie. It's very it's it's a so low it's cost not the policy. unmarried college kid overdosing no. in his dorm room. No, no, it's it's employees of companies that are younger that shouldn't be dying, um, and that's why these policies are given because you know. Uh, sure, there's car accidents. There's um, strange, weird things that happen. But more often than not, they shouldn't be dying at this rate. There aren't, you know, people aren't slipping in the shower at a new alarming rate or, you know, getting into head-on collisions. It's not happening. Okay? So, um, you know, I'm, I don't, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to connect the dots here. Um, and, the, and then the funeral home company results are also alarming. Um, the the uh, Car- Carriage Services, which is a funeral home company, released their results last week and i'm just going to say this this is what the, this is what the ceo said um in his press release our revenue and profit momentum from the third quarter of 2021 carried through the end of the year and actually accelerated into, into december 2021 and into january 2022 he actually gave january data against what we expected would be almost impossibly high performance comparisons to December 2020 and Jan 21. Now, the thing to understand about the funeral home business is only 10% of the of the, of the uh, business in the U.S. is public. The other 90% is private. So, this is just a snapshot into what's probably occurring across the nation, which we won't see because they're private. And when I put out that tweet, a lot of funeral home owners came in underneath that tweet to say. Yes, we're seeing business accelerate. I mean, this is this is insane. Now, won't they so, say, "Well, it's COVID"? You know, Delta was very bad. Well, well, Delta. We had Omicron in uh, December and January, so acceleration with Omicron makes no sense. <laughs> Secondly, um, uh, you know, de- uh, we have miracle vaccines. And young people are dying at alarming rates. So, it, look, you don't need to be a rocket scientist yeah. here. That, that, that's, yeah. that's my point. I, I, and, oh, and, and I think it's important to note that, and, and we've done a lot of shows on this with Gert Vandenbosch's thesis, uh, antibody-dependent disease enhancement, original antigenic sin, uh, you know, vaccine-mediated viral enhancement. The fact that it bucked history and it got more virulent in 2021 that in itself is a problem. How did we have more COVID deaths than ever before in countries like we're talking about Singapore and Hong Kong now? How is Hong Kong having their worst wave with the mildest variant compared to the previous times um, from COVID itself? That in itself is very disturbing when they're all vaccinated. Certainly all of the vulnerable population definitely vaccinated three shots. No question. Israel, same story. That in itself is is almost a quasi form of vaccine injury, which is, you know, ADE, where you made the pathogen worse, um, destroyed their immune system. But nonetheless, what you're saying is over and beyond that, we actually have data because um, they, they have on the claims, whether it's life insurance, medical billing, it's clear that it's it's even for non-COVID too, over and beyond 
that bubble from COVID being worse than it was in 2020. And then as well as funeral homes saying they're getting younger people where it's clearly not from the pathogen. So it's got to be something else. I want to just throw one other thing at you for you to hit up the plate. They'll, They'll say like in the Wall Street Journal article on the life insurance data, oh, I know what that is. So it's, it's kind of cute. When we had the lockdowns and we were like yelling about what's going to happen, they're like, they, they ignored us. But now that the thing is the vaccine that they have to defend, like, oh, no, no, no. it's the lockdown. So it's the delayed care. I want to see how you answer that. Well, that, that's absurd on its face. Um, again, the, the, the insurance companies called out two things that are very important. Younger people dying at a faster rate than older people. And... Um, they, they, they also talked about a new form of death. They called it COVID indirect. Well, we know what that's, co- that's code for. And what, what does that mean? That, that's, that's, it's COVID, but it's not COVID. It's indirect. And I think they're trying to play into the Wall Street Journal narrative, or they don't know. I, I think some of these insurance companies don't know. I want to hit something in a second about that. But um, we know, we know that young people are dying at a faster rate. Young people typically don't develop cancer in their 30s and 20s, okay? They don't develop, you know, um, heart conditions and, and from lack of going to see their general practitioner. Yep. I, I just think that's, that's a nonsensical argument to make because it's young people dying at a faster rate than older people. Now, the older people who, did, who delayed their care they they have comorbidities. They're older. They should be dying faster than younger people, but that's not the case. So it makes no sense. That, uh, on its face, it's it's a stupid argument. So and I also want to yeah. point out. Go, go no, ahead. no, go go ahead. So I also want to point out something that was very interesting. There was a Dutch insurer called Agon. They have uh, they they bought Transamerica. You know the pointy building in San Francisco in 1999. So that's a U that's their U S arm in the third quarter of, um, 2021. Uh, it came out in a Reuters article that I found and it was really not highlighted, but I found it and I highlighted it in January, but they, they talked about their death claims in the U S uh, in, in their group life policy business going from 31 million in 2020 to 111 million in 2021 that's a 258% increase then then they reported 58% increase of what in death death claims in their group group life policy arm and again what's the time so period that, uh it's Q3 of 2021 versus Q3 of 2020 so that's a 258% increase in death claims Q3 in the US Q3 of 2020 um so it's that is one versus twenty twenty. See what what's very interesting about what you're saying is you put it all together, and we we're talking about the lockdowns, and may all oh, you know they want to say the lockdowns is a confounding factor, but the reality is, so you 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 used age to control for that, and I think that's valid, but the timing is also important too. The timing Correct. seems to it coincides with the take up. So what you know, um. It, Basically, the lockdowns, you had the immediate issues like 
a guy having a heart attack and not showing up. That that's immediate. And then it's a very, we all agree, a rolling long term, maybe a 10, 20 year window cancers that will be more stage four than stage three because you didn't have the, you know, uh, uh, breast cancer screenings and the colonoscopies and things like that. But but we see these sudden jumps and and I don't know if you've noticed in the German data, the medical billing data, it's not Q1. It's Q2 where it starts, and and the interesting thing is because Pfizer and these companies were shaking down continental Europe, unlike the UK and America and Israel, they actually were very reluctant, and they didn't start to take up in earnest till really April, May. January, February, there were very few people in Germany that were vaccinated. So it really the timing really jives, but but, but go on. I didn't want to step on that. I just felt that was an important well, point. Also, think about what happened in Q3 of – 2021, we saw mandates. Yeah. Okay. Mandates in the U.S. So this is just the U.S. business. So the 258 percent increase in Q3. Then they reported Q4 uh, a couple weeks ago, and that the claims uh, increased 51 percent. So it decelerated from Q3, but still up 51 percent is just and you know a, a mind blowing number. Then on the conference call. Uh, it came out, they did a transaction in the quarter um, where they did a reinsurance deal with Wilton Reed. And they, um, you know, basically offlaid $1.4 billion worth of individual policies, which are different from group life policies. And they're done under a different uh, actuarial accounting method, which means that um, the claims there will slow, show up more slowly in the P&L because mm. of, you know, just the way they do it. Um, but they, they offlaid $1.4 billion of what they called high face amount individual policies. So these are, you know, $1 million to $20 million policies for, for people that want life insurance above and beyond whatever their corporation gives them or super rich people, whatever. They, they, they laid that off to Wilton Reed. And in, and in the call, a sell side analyst from Wall Street said, hey, I don't understand why you did this deal. It looks like it's very uneconomic to you. And he gave some gobbledygook. And then he also said, well, you know, it's alarming because we've raised our expectations for COVID and indirect COVID deaths. He said indirect to 300,000 for 2022. That's up from 2021. Now, I don't have the number for 2021, but he said it's up. So their Agon Insurance is forecasting more COVID and indirect COVID in 2022. And I suspect they did that deal because they know they're not saying, and there's what I call asymmetric information. Some insurers know others don't. And mm. this deal that looks uneconomic to Agon will look like a home run in a couple of years because they want nothing to do with uh, what, what's going on. So I do think there's some insurance carriers know others uh, don't know, and there's risk yep. adjusting and, and, and offloading of books. The German insurer, that board member, did the ethical thing and said, we have a problem, Houston, and he <laughs> alerted us. Uh, other ones are, you know, maybe no, they don't want to get in trouble with the government, but they're using it to their advantage. So Aegon, I think, just laid off a turd to Wilton Ree. We'll find that out in a couple of years. Uh, but that's what's going on. And it's, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, to set the frame, I'm an investor and, you know, I like to be ahead of the news. So I don't wait for 
the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times to tell me what, what, what just happened. I'm making a speculation on what Aegon did without Aegon telling me what they did because I'm, you know, I, I look at the breadcrumbs. I look at what's yeah. said, what's not said. I mean, I, that's what I did for my whole career. Listen to CEOs and try to figure out when they're full of crap, so to speak. That, and, and that's what's so as horrific as it is, it's intellectually satisfying when all these data points coalesce together around a perfect understanding of both the mechanism of action of these shots and all the anecdotal stuff, but it's very powerful. I mean, I speak to military doctors, so it's not just the DMED data that's demonstrating the problem. They saw it clinically, like you're saying, 20, 25-year-olds, pulmonary embolisms, strokes, sudden metastatic cancers. It just makes no sense. You can't miss that. It's it's an anecdote. There's no study in that sense, but it's something, if you're a doctor for 20 years in the military and you've only treated young, very healthy people, and you have a very consistent baseline of pretty much just dealing with torn ACLs, you know, broken bones from, uh, you know, training injuries and, and things like that, and then suddenly you have just ailments that you would typically see with people in their 70s and 80s, uh, yeah, there's there's something seriously wrong with that. Um, what well, do you have any evidence? Because I know the German data doesn't really rope in the booster regime. It's kind of right before. Um, do you have evidence that the boosters qualitatively might have packed a worse punch? Well, so that's interesting you bring it up. So we had we had two things going on in the second half of 2021. We had mandates. And we had boosters. I think they both played a role because there were people who, you know, got, you know, got the, sh- the shots early on, early adopters within some of these corporations. And uh, then they got the booster and they didn't know any better. And um, it's becoming uh, more clear to a lot of people in the medical community. Um, and I have a quote from um, one of my contacts who used to be a cell side analyst who is a doctor. Uh, used to advise clients on what to do when the clinical data would come out uh, regarding like a new drug. She she believes, and the dat the data is suggesting that the boost that the um, the injuries are are dose dependent. So if you didn't get an injury on shots one and two, um, it's like Russian roulette. You load the chamber with one. Okay, you 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 were okay the first time around. You go for the booster instead of one. Uh, bullet in the chamber there's two bullets in 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 the sixth chamber so you're increasing your odds of injury or death every time you 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 take a dose so it's dose dependent it looks like dose dependent and that that's important that's why i don't use the number of people i use the number 551 million doses were distributed in the united states and if you just take the israeli survey data because the, their survey was done, on, it was on the third dose, just booster doses, and it's it's nuts. I mean, four point five percent had nervous system issues um, from their sample, and it just it it blows the mind. It jives with DMED. Um, another thing I just want to put on your radar, if you haven't seen, get your comment on it, is I've seen open theirs. They they put this out. That for the first, I believe, six weeks of 2022, we're up to about almost pretty much half of the 2021 myocarditis VAERS reports in just the first six weeks. So myocarditis was very much very prominent, very much reported. Everyone agrees that that even the FDA, that that is a safety pro- issue with the shots. 
And it seems like we have, it's accelerating. And, and the question is, is that from the boosters or is that, is that a signal that the myocarditis that we saw initially was just the tip of the iceberg and over the long run, you're going to see even more? That's a great question. Um, let's think about what happened in um, beginning of 2021. There were a lot of companies that kind of said you have to get your booster and also college kids. College kids had to get their boost. A lot of colleges had mandated boosters coming back for the second half of the year. So they, a lot of kids had to get their shots in the fall or the summer before they arrived on campus. And then they had to get a booster uh, uh, coming back uh, after Christmas break. And this, this, is, this is, I mean, these college administrators, they better look out because there's going to be a lot of angry folks when, this all, when the dust clears. This is a disaster. And I, I agree with you that there's there's something going on with the booster, and 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 it, and it, it increases um, the inflammation and and the spike protein, and it really wreaks havoc in the system. I think. I mean, I'm not so, a doctor, so, but that's what I'm. And, and I know you're not a doctor, but from a from a investment standpoint, I'm trying to figure out where do we go from here in the sense that this is in the medical government sector this is a new paradigm right they're not returning to pre-emergency days and it's very clear um we have whistleblowers that are saying and i know you're in touch with some as well that they are doing this with dozens of other mrnas that they're working on for other respiratory pathogens and you know like rsv um same fraud um i'm hearing same inflammatory issues they all have inflammatory markers this is a new paradigm and from Pfizer's perspective, they got away with it. I mean, they earned, what was it, $56 billion last year? I mean, from their perspective, what is going to stop them? Because it's not going to be the government. Um, well, it will be the government eventually, right? So I've, I'm, I'm on record saying that the regulators aren't going to come to save us because they're in on this crime, okay? So at the FDA is in bed with uh, the drug companies. Um, that's why they want to hide the data, the clinical data for 75 years. All right. So there's no one coming to save us. So um, as the bodies unfortunately pile up and word of mouth spreads and the, these stocks continue to drift lower, and they will because the, 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 they, this can't be hidden, um, there's going to be um, huge chaos and political pressure put on these politicians. And the politicians will turn and on these pharma companies at some point. It's just gonna to become too big to hide. And that's that's why I think over the next six months, we're gonna see a lot of chaos um, in this country, uh, politically, um, and the media eventually is gonna to have to turn on this as well. And it's just gonna be, be a grassroots effort, word of mouth. And unfortunately, many more people are gonna die and get injured until you know we get to the flipping point. And we will get to a flipping point because this is just a disaster of epic proportions and they can't hide it. So that's, that's what I think is gonna happen. The politicians will eventually turn on their farmer partners, they will. And if they don't, we'll vote them all out and put in people who will. So this is, unfortunately, it's a fraud in process. The regulators aren't gonna to come to save us. We have to save ourselves. And that's why I've had a call to action. You have to talk to your loved ones that are still in the media matrix. You still, still buy off on the fact that their doctor told them X, Y, Z. And you have to show them the stocks. You have to show them 
the insurance company results. And it's, it's literally a phone call at a time and everybody has to get involved. That's my clarion call to everyone. This, it's we the people that have to stop this. No one's coming to save us. Now, can you just give us a glimpse of what you're working on, you know, to because because we're all trying to find the smoking gun and nothing matters. Like we thought the DMED thing would blow it wide open. The DOD just went and fabricated the data, sabotaged it. Doesn't make any sense what they did, um, because based on their new data, you don't even have COVID. There's no COVID in the military, um, which which is just insane. They literally sabotaged their health survey. It's un- this stuff is worse than Watergate, but they get away with it. It's, it was never even in the news. I was like the only major article on it. Um, it's not. It, 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 you, are you working on any way to quantify this that will be the Elijah on Mount Carmel moment in the Book of Kings, where it just you can't deny it. People see the truth. Are there any other irons you have in the fire to? backhandedly quantify the shocking extent of adverse events? Well, um, I think, I think the data is clear. And so now the trick is to make other people see this data that have lots of money to lose that may not be awake yet. And that may be the insurance company. So there may be something that can be done there um, to alert them and then make them go public. So that that's yeah. something that is being worked on. Um, stay tuned. Because I've always gotten criticism from that. Because basically, what what our COVID um, our COVID response was a hundred percent perfectly unscientific, anti scientific. So in other words, everything that was had tremendous promise as an anti-inflammatory, anticoagulant, boom, they, they criminalized it. And then anything that was pro-inflammatory, they promoted. And, and literally, I mean, Molnupiravir at the FDA Antimicrobial uh, Advisory Committee, they admitted it's, it's trash. It's utter trash, Merck's drug. Remdesivir is toxic as hell. It doesn't matter. It's still going on. It's still going on. And ivermectin still gets trashed. And so people always criticized me and said, well, you know, if that were true— you know, wouldn't the insurance companies come in on that and want to, you know, be in on covering what works and not covering what doesn't work? But my 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 pushback always was, we don't have a free market. They get so much money from the government. The government underwrites that Medicare, Medicaid. It's all mi- there's no private and public in health insurance in, in in America. It's one big mixture of what I call venture socialism. It's it's this mixed. So-called private entity, they they run the government contracts. The government regulates the private, uh, you know, the Medicare, Medicaid contracts, especially Medicare Part C, which is where all the money is, is all run by these companies. It's not, you know, the post office type of GSE doing it. Um, so, yeah, in a free market, they would have to do that. But the government comes in day ex machina and will just fund as much Molnupiravir, Paxlovid, Remdesivir, and clot shots as they want but do you do you have a take on that how to leverage the health insurance companies because they seem to be bought into this they are literally not covering ivermectin but they will cover remdesivir at three thousand a pop well let's think about this they have insurance companies are are uh have multi lines of business and they have asset management arms they have um group life they have individual life they have uh, so, some of them have medical insurance. Some of them have dental. It's, so they're, all, they're, they're, they're diversified businesses. But um, I will say this. Uh, death claims are expensive. And they may, I, I truly believe that this 
fraud, this hypnosis is very pervasive. And I, I don't think the insurance companies are in on it. And, and, and they, they started seeing losses this quarter and their stock stocks are starting to trend down. So there is an awakening coming to some of these executives and the first one to go public and say, uh, we're looking into whether it's the vaccine, that'll be big news, big news. Okay. And, uh, there's a, there's a battle coming between insurance and pharma. Uh, I believe that's coming. And, uh, the faster we can make that happen, the better. Well, I definitely hope you're right. This was very illuminating, just a very unique, fresh angle, um, fresh perspective. And uh, we don't have time today, but at some point I'd love to have you on and just take an economist view of, of everything else that's going on with our debt inflation and dumpster fire. But right now we're worried about physical health first. So uh, good luck on this endeavor and definitely keep us posted. Absolutely. I'd love to come back and talk to you about uh, what I'm seeing uh, over the next uh, 12 to 18 months from an economic standpoint. Well, we'll, we'll do that within the next few weeks. Perfect. Th- God bless you. And thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. Wow, folks. Where has the time gone? That was Ed Dowd, a uh, veteran Wall Street investor, uh, giving us the investment leverage, the investment leverage thesis. Where is is at some point money's got to talk? Um, again, it's it's very interesting perspective. I'm I'm always very pessimistic just with the government's ability to pump so much money in. So that's the point. We don't have a real economy anymore, which is why the stock market is such a joke. It doesn't reflect um, quality service and products and and real profits because it's all government manipulated with the print, printing press. But although that's probably coming to an end soon. Um, so the point is, this is just, it is shocking. You can't, there are multiple data points that point to the same demographics, timing. You can't hide it, which is why, again, why it's Ukraine all the time now, because they don't want to talk about this issue anymore, because there's no, there's no way they could even finesse it. So they just, you know, change the topic, but we will not change the topic. Um, real quick before I go, uh, just want to mention those of you who are in Florida um, you got to get to your state legislators, uh, Senate and House, HB 687 and SB 1184. This is the medical freedom of speech bill to protect doctors from speaking out against the clot shots. Uh, the governor, along with Surgeon General Latipo, had a press conference yesterday on this promoting it. Um, you would think it would be a slam dunk with the governor supporting it, but that's how bad the legislative leadership is there. They're really slow walking it, and I'm sure the hospitals are all over them, the medical industry. So make sure you put in a plug for that. We are out of time. We've had a terrific week. We'll have an even better next week. Um, I know I've been down and everything. Uh, I'm, I'm praying, thinking about different strategies. You guys can send me emails to dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Um, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com if you want an encrypted email, which is probably better, definitely better. Um, let me know. Let me know what you think. What is the answer? But for now, let's at least spread the truth to justice, and God will come in and do the rest. God bless you all. Till next week. Thank you for listening. 